Ciao. Ciao. Hey, look out, look out, will you? Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. That was dumb. I beg your pardon? I said I'm sorry. That was stupid. Here. Oh, that's what I thought you said. Yeah. Here's your cane. Oh, thank you. Say, uh, can you tell me what's going on here? Uh, yeah, attempted robbery, somebody. Uh, somebody knocked out the night watchman. What time did it happen? I don't know, sometime last night. I just got here myself. Are you from the police? No, no, I'm a reporter. Uh, excuse me, which please? What's your name? Uh, Giordani. Press. Okay. Hey. Hello. Hey, who's the inspector, Mr. Beamy? Yes, he's inside. Ah, good, thanks. That's about it. I didn't see anybody came from behind. Giordani, come here. Something big must be going on. All the top brass from headquarters is here. The DA's here, too. How much did they get away with? Nothing, as far as they can tell. Did you get any pictures? Everything. I got the big boss, Professor Terzi, and all his assistants. Essen, he's English. Cassoni, Mombelli, and a German they brought. It's all written down. That's great, great. <laughs> Giordani! Nice, Mimi. Hi, hi. Let's get this over with, so maybe you'll clear out and leave us in peace. 10.15 p.m., Dr. Monero reported. He was on the first night shift. Our man half-killed a watchman, Jimmy the window, and then ran off without taking anything. Not a test not a piece of paper, nothing. Not even a paper clip. You did good. That was awesome. And um, this is episode, is it 18? Or no, it's 17, right? 17, buddy. 17. I know you want this to scurry along, but no. Yeah. We're still on 17. Yeah, I got to finish the ones that we're doing before we do the next episode. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So, Jalo Chow Chow. Thank you all for hanging out with us. And um, thank you all of the nice, lovely people who have been um, new to listening to the show. Um, we thank you for being here with us. People have been telling other people about us, I think. 
That's the only way I can see this working. Yeah, because we don't actually spend any time promoting this thing at all. So that's yeah. awesome. And um, that's really cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So how are you doing, Eric? Oh, you know what? I'm doing pretty well. We had a, a good 4th of July. I hope all of you out there also had a good holiday uh, weekend. Um, and I'm just plugging along on my own little show, 100 Years of Horror, almost completed with that little assignment I gave myself. And uh, I'm actually kind of taking some cues from you, Creep. I'm <gasps> trying to monetize it a little bit. Uh, I... Didn't, I don't want all the episodes to disappear into internet land once I'm done with the show, but I also don't want to pay for hosting fees because I'm cheap, so I don't want to keep them on the internet mm. per se. So I'm going to be putting all 100 episodes onto a little DVD or a little CD, uh, MP3 files, and uh, making them available for people to order so they can carry me with them for all time after the show is over. Oh, that's cool. Or they can burn it. Whatever helps them get their emotions out. How many hours is a hundred years of horror? Shit. I'm gonna say, well, each episode averages like 40 minutes, maybe. So take that times a hundred. There you go. Nope, because that one episode I was on with you was a two-parter. Because <laughs> I wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> no man, you saved my butt on that one. I needed a two-parter. <laughs> I was getting off track. Uh, that was that was fun. That was good times. Yeah. Um, so some of you might notice that um, Chris is being very quiet, and that's because he's not here. Chris, wake up! Oh, I thought he was just falling asleep. Okay. No, there is um, big thunderstorms out in PA right now, and um, he is now without power. So if the power he- comes back on. He's going to jump back in. Um, but yeah, so let's... So he's experiencing all the colors of the dark right now. Damn, you brought that back, dude. That's very nice. I know. Yeah, I was going to say something stupid like, let's keep our death nerves crossed. But that's not oh. nearly as good. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Maybe maybe uh, he and his wife are doing some twitching now that it's nice and dark in the house. Yeah. Wait. That was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, trying Chris. to go through the. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm trying to go through all the titles I could think of off the top of my head, and I can't think of anything clever. Um, yeah. as, as you might know, I'm kind of caffeineless at the moment. Um, I, ha- I had a bit of uh, illness today, so I'm oh. drinking ginger ale, and instead of smoking cigarettes, I'm smoking menthol cigarettes, hoping that the mint will calm my tummy. Does that actually work? Um, actually, That's... I thought it did, but then I was told today that it doesn't. But as long as I believe <laughs> that it works, it's going fine. Yeah, yeah. Because so. back when I used to smoke, and I'd accidentally buy a pack of menthols, uh, it it usually churned my stomach pretty badly. Yeah, I mean, I like it every once in a while. It's like a neat little difference. Yeah. yeah. I was the yuppie who used to smoke clove cigarettes back when that was you legal. You totally. What do you mean when it was legal? Are they legal oh. now? 
Well, you can only, I guess you can only get them in cigarillo or cigar form, even though they are basically still cigarettes. They look like cigarettes, but they cannot sell actual clove cigarettes under uh, Obama's flavored cigarette law that they passed. There's a flavored cigarette law? Yeah, they can only sell menthols. That's the only flavored cigarette they can legally sell. Well, that's because that's what he smokes, that stupid motherfucker. Smoking Newports <laughs> in the White House like some motherfucking piece of shit. Oh, you gotta, yeah. No wonder, no wonder those walls are so yellow. Alive with pleasure, that fucking Obama. But you can still get them from Indonesia for a, uh, I guess you kind of got to pay those dang shipping costs. But yeah, it only took me like two months one time to get my carton of clove cigarettes, so. You were probably, you had kicked the habit by then, huh? By then I was over it. And I just gave them all to my buddy. <laughs> he still That's hasn't so me. funny. That's so funny. Um, you know, since we're on the topic of cigarettes and it has nothing to do with anything that we normally should talk about, um, I do have a buddy in Minnesota who um, smokes, um, <clears throat> I guess, cigarillos now because, um, like, menthol cigars because um, they don't put the same taxes on cigars as they do cigarettes. So uh-huh. he gets his cigar packs that have like 20 in them for like $1.99 as opposed to like six bucks or whatever. Are you there? Yes. Is that me? I'm sorry. Chris, are you there? The ghost of Chris. Oh, that was kind of weird. So he gets a cigarette tax or he gets the cigarillos to avoid that yeah hefty tax we've got up here yeah and when i was out there i just played along with it to see if i could do it uh-huh. and it was pretty rough i'm not gonna <laughs> it's not the same it's not the same at all that was obama trying to kill our show for making fun of him and his new ports hey yeah i didn't think you know what talking about that hundred years of horror episode you came on the very first episode i did with you and that we i think it was the second one only that i ever had a guest on and i remember having a bunch of audio issues with that too a bunch of connectivity issues like i would be talking and it would be like skipping or whatever and i had yeah ideas, it was so like you sound talking. like you were yeah, yeah like you're in some chamber or something echoing yeah. that's about right somebody, somebody doesn't want us talking to each other yeah, well, it happens. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. So, anything else going on this week? Uh, this week, no. Well, you've lightly brought up another show that I do Yay. about professional wrestling. Professional and sports that, entertainment. Uh, you're... Right. I apologize to the true wrestling fans out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're you're stopping by next, or this week to... Uh, do a little judging that we do every couple of weeks or so. I'm very excited. So, yeah, I've big been, responsibility. I've been trying, to, trying to weasel my way into that show for months, <laughs> and um, I'm pretty psyched. I'm really excited. What do you, What do you think it it is that uh, fans of like horror movies, Jalo movies? Well, maybe I shouldn't lump Jolly fans in with it, but yeah, Crystal horror Kelly. films. <laughs> and uh, and the wrestling. I, I I've noticed pretty much everyone I talk to that does a horror podcast as a wrestling fan. You know what? I thought that when I started Creepers and Cast, 
And if you remember on those first episodes, I had a wrestling segment on them mm-hmm. until a bunch of people started writing me telling me how fucking annoying that is and how they hate wrestling and how yeah. um, they're not eight years old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah. I don't know what it is, but there is, it might just be the violence and the really fun, silly storytelling. Uh-huh. You know, because I mean, the storytelling in wrestling is usually pretty um, weak, but at the same time, like over amazing. Yeah. Like, do I need to bring up Santina Morella? Like, that was <laughs> one of my favorite bits of all time. You know, but yeah, I think it's it's like the circus like atmosphere, and then horror films kind of have that like creep show quality to it you go into a fun house and witnessing all these bizarre things and wrestling was born out of that i don't know i don't know if this has anything to do with it either but like there's usually at most horror conventions i've been to there's usually wrestlers there too yeah like signing autographs and stuff and i don't know if that crossover has made it bigger but it is fun like the new Leprechaun movie with Hornswoggle or Kane and those see no evil movies and yeah 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 and sorry right. well this is what happens when Chris isn't here <laughs> you know what I almost promised him that we wouldn't talk about wrestling tonight <laughs> but that's what's he gonna do about tonight. it <laughs> Okay, no, but seriously, folks, I'm sure you guys want to hear about some Jally. Um, But before we do that, I just want to let you guys all know, for those four people that are horribly interested in this, um, Relapse of the Crystal Pubis is started, and by the next episode, it will be done. So I'm very excited. So I will let you guys all know about it, and I'm probably going to need some beta readers so if anyone out there wants a free copy to read through and tell me how I don't know how to spell the and things like that, um, let me know. T-E-H. Yeah. I've done that before. It's okay. Um, yeah, I was a huge fan of the first one. And I'm not just saying that because I am on a Giallo podcast with you, but Aww. it was a great read. I, I think I got through it one afternoon or something like that one yeah it's a it's a it's a fast read not a super quick one but it's a fast one yeah um and then for those of you who give a shit um the complete second season of black star canyon is out now and for those of you who might not want to pay money for black star canyon yet unless they know what they're getting themselves into the complete (laughs) first season will be free until thursday on amazon so if you want to get the whole first season and take a look at it, um, you can do that. Should have waited. You should have, yeah. But I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of free things because if I do too many free things, people just assume that I'll just do it for free eventually. Right. So um, I haven't done a really big free run since December. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. How's, how's the Black Star Canyon going? Is it getting a lot of attention out there? A lot of um, The thing that has been us. weird, I guess, from the first season to the second season, and it might just be because it's the second season's still fresh, 
But, like, we didn't... Like, when we did the first season and we did the episodes first, they did okay, but it wasn't until the first season, the complete season came out, that those really started to take off. Oh, yeah. But now, for some reason, I don't know what it is, the episodes are selling a lot better than the um, season book is. And... On top of that, the thing that's different this time around, because it's the second season, people who are going to be reading this obviously have already read the first one. So our retention rate from episode one to episode five is like 100%. Like if someone buys the first episode of the second season, they'll get all the episodes and get the fifth episode as well. So that's been really, really cool. Because the first season, it tapered down a lot from the first episode to the fifth episode but now that like i feel like the fan base is there it just jams through and it's really cool yeah i bet a lot of people don't see that that write serials and uh see that retention rate so that's awesome it's it's weird and it's like i want to do more serials but it's very stressful and time consuming i like it with black star canyon but i don't know if i could do it with other things Sure. It's kind of hardcore. But anyway, so yeah, um, we were going to do a top three this week, but because Chris isn't here to talk about Edwidge's beautiful outfits, um, we decided that we were going to hold that off until Chris could get here. It might be more fitting next time since we'll be d- discussing a film with Edwidge involved. You know, you're the same person who said we should do this on a week where we weren't doing an Edwidge movie. So, <laughs> nice, kind of nice fucking save, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, I guess we could get right into it. So, let's just go ahead and play the trailer for uh, Cat and Nine Tales. Yeah? Yeah. When was the last time a movie froze you to your seat, made your palms sweat, quickened your pulse? Cat and Nine Tails really does the job. <laughs> National General Pictures presents Cat and Nine Tails, from the same masters of tension who paralyzed audiences with Bird with the Crystal Plumage. The picture that outpsychoed Psycho. Cat a Nine Tales, starring Carl Malden, James Franciscus, and Catherine Strock. It's nine times more suspenseful than Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Cat a Nine Tales, rated GP, all ages parental guidance. And there it is, uh, the trailer for Cat a Nine Tales. What do you think about that? That's good that you did the English one this time. Dude, why do you have to say that? Well, did I do the oh. Italian one last time? No, I don't. I just am assuming that you did the right one. <laughs> oh, shit. Now I got to really make sure. Exactly. I set you up. That sucks a wiener. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so now I got to just try a little bit harder. Right. Okay, well, that's cool. Well, anyway, so um, Cat of Nine Tales is... Um, a film by Dario Argento, and it's um, one of the more uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Controversial. Not, not not so much that, but like kind of contempt, not even contemporary, but like 
more standard standards a good word a standard oh, yes. mystery um for him and yeah. uh, basically the plot is about a a blind dude walking this little girl and they hear he overhears some people talking in a car and has her look and see who's in the car and then later that night the like scientific experiment place pharmaceutical company that he lives next door to gets broken into and the guards murdered or something and no one really knows what's missing but um, then we start meeting all of these scientists that work at this facility and um, that was my dog sorry okay. and um, did you hear that yeah. I don't know why she does that. She can't growl. She goes, ah, rah, 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 rah. I thought that was Arno. <laughs> Lost in your house. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, long story short, too late. Um, Arno, <laughs> the blind guy, runs into this um, sunburned Ken doll named uh, Carlo, who um, is a reporter. And he wants to help them out once he realizes that one of the scientists who was said to be accidentally killed by getting hit by a train was probably actually pushed. And once these two guys get together, they start trying to unravel this weird mystery of what went on at the pharmaceutical plant with all the scientists as the bodies start piling up. That was a pretty off-the-cuff good... Yeah, plot thing. Yeah, I like that one. And you know, it's kind of funny. I was, I was reading a review about this, and it, and it kind of made a lot of sense. Someone said that this is one of the only Giallo films where the amateur detectives don't really have a reason other than the fact that they're just being nosy to find out who the killer is because they don't really have family involved. Well, I guess one of them, Carlos, is a reporter, but it just seems like. You know, Arno, what's, he overheard them talking about blackmail, and now all of a sudden he wants to get involved and uh, just... Well, that whole thing goes into, like, his whole thing where he used to be a journalist and he used to be this guy who would crack cases and all this shit. Uh-huh. He can't do that now, so he just puts puzzles together, which I still don't understand how the fuck he does it. Um, right. I've seen the movie like fucking 12 fucking times and I still have no clue what the fuck he's putting together and how he's making it happen. But he's a very, um, very uh, smart blind person, which I think in films, blind people are usually really smart or wise. Yeah. But the I, thing that's really neat about this is that Arno, the blind guy, kind of plays the role of the, the girl in distress. You know what I'm That's, saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really weird, like how, like normally you have your your heartthrob, awesome hero guy, and he has some like girlfriend that he's that's trying to help him with the case, or something like that. But in this sense, it's a blind guy that he has to kind of look out for and look after. Yeah. The the females in this film are pretty lacking. You've got Ugh. Anna Terzi. The only real female. I knew that she had a raspberry coming her oh, way. Oh my fucking goddamn so, Stepford yeah, Wives, dude. Yeah. So that's that's a good point because you don't really see two male amateur detectives, and uh, 
I'm trying so, to think of a movie I guess in that this does case, that. Yeah, in this case, then, yeah, I guess he would have to play the role of the damsel since Anna Terzi's not going to be be a damsel in any way, shape, or form. And even if she, she really makes really miss scared, Edward. no one would fucking know. Right. She's like, I'm acting. Yeah, she's she's very wooden. Catherine Spock she's like, is her name. Can I pull out my A cups now? Yeah. Yeah, she she kind of acted like Spock in this film. Dude, she is ridiculous. One of the things about her that I thought was really weird, and I, it had, probably had nothing to do with her, but um, besides her hair looking like a wig, but I uh-huh. don't think it was, which was even worse, she had on these outfits that always made it look like she was fully clothed, and then all of a sudden her arm would pop out and there would be like no sleeve, and it's like, gotcha, or like she was wearing like a pantsuit but the pants are slit all the way up to her freaking craw and she's like blah blah there's my skin it was like everything she had on was like covering her all up for the most part but then she was able to like poke out of it it was like a weird and that just I don't know if this has anything to do with it or if I'm looking into it but I almost felt like there seemed to be like a guarded deception in her you know, because like every fucking outfit she wore was like that. And I seriously, I can't even think of one movie where another person had one outfit like that. Yes, <laughs> every single fucking thing she wore was like that. Yeah. But she's just the most wooden fucking mannequin of an actress that I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, I guess I didn't really notice the, the different pantsuits and stuff like that. I just, I definitely noticed that she was probably one of the only credible red herrings in this film and so yeah that makes sense that she would have some sort of deceptive quality about her she was very much um seemed like she was you know trying to help carlo throughout the film for some reason she had all the information on the uh, the xyy chromosome how did you like that scene the when they were up on the that scene was weird rooftop or something yeah it was. It seemed kind of out of place. It was important, and I liked how they did. Like they would show, like photos of the people she was talking about. Uh-huh. Because one of the flaws this movie has is that there's so many characters and so many people who could have done it, but they all kind of look the same, and all their names are kind of similar. So if they were just going, oh yeah, car or a uh, I don't even fucking know what their names are. But if she were to just go down a list of their names. I wouldn't have known who the fuck she was talking about. Yeah, that was very... I, I very much enjoyed that. And as it was happening, I, I actually did think, why can't more Giallo films do this, damn it? <laughs> why it can't was... they fucking just point it out for me? Yeah, and they had like the black and white crime photos. Or not really crime photos, it, but it was like... They looked like weird, like either um, like private eye photos or... exactly. Yeah. Um, what was that? I'm trying to think of another movie. I was when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, you know what movie would have been better if they would have done that?" Oh shit. I don't know. I think it was worse too because they were all scientists. So it's not yeah. like, oh, it's the guy in the white lab coat. Oh shit. Um, with the dark brown hair. <laughs> oh wait, no. There's a German. Oh, damn it. He's blonde. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but no, but, but that's very thing, German. The other thing that was funny about that scene is that they would be sitting down and she would be talking about somebody and then they would show a picture and then they would be standing somewhere else on the deck and she would walk up and go, and Braun, the German. You know, it was like, 
try to make us believe that like she was telling him a lot more than we were hearing about all these people but it was just done in such a silly way it was like that idea of letting us know who all these people is is really really good i like that but the way they were doing it just made me want to laugh and maybe it was just because it was her it was a combination of it being her and then the fact that nobody would ever have a conversation naturally that went like that especially walking up to somebody like without saying oh yeah i had to get my drink or you know it was just like braun the german you Uh know like it was just that was really fun yeah it was it was fun but i can definitely see where some of your critique with argento comes um with with scenes like that and he kind of goes for the goofiness over the i guess realism well there are parts in this where i think out of all of his films like the goofy and the funny parts work in this when like they definitely don't work in deep red like let's not start talking about how i feel about the comedy in that movie but um it kind of works good in this movie this okay this movie is a and we'll talk more about like the the actual animal trilogy and the things that are like it and not like it and all this other stuff later but this movie out of the three it's hard because i think bird with the crystal plumage is probably the best film out of the three but i think this one is more charming i guess is the best way to put it like i didn't want to watch this movie for a really long time and i don't think i even watched it until um maybe a couple months ago was the first time I watched it because I don't like children in jeopardy films and the cover of this movie, um, is a little kid tied up with a gag in her mouth and rats crawling on her leg or some shit. And so I had no desire to ever see this film until I finally did and realized that it's not really like that. Yeah. But, um, just as, far as like just like a murder mystery goes or a mystery of any kind the one thing that is different in cat and nine tails than most argento movies is like after the break-in happens we go into the pharmaceutical company and we go into a meeting with all of the potential suspects like all the scientists and it's pretty apparent at least i mean it might not be apparent to you watching it, but um, the way everyone was acting, it made it feel like an inside job kind of thing. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't like they were all freaked out, like going, who's coming after us? It was like they were all acting like the fucking people did in Five Dolls for an August Moon. Like all, ugh, ugh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they all had like a chip on their shoulder and shit. So... Um, yeah, it's, that was a it's kind of thing that Argento usually doesn't do. Uh-huh. It's, it's funny you bring that up. We've got two medical drug conspiracy films in a row uh, dealing with people trying to hide blackmail and different, uh, I guess, medical results like that with $5 for an August moon. And yeah, it does feel like an inside job. Um, and then as you come to learn the plot of the film and what's all behind it, that same old Dario Argento crazy science like we saw in Four Flies. Like the crazy science that we get with 
that we had in four flies on gray velvet now we've got with the uh the xyy chromosome the double the extra y in that uh link and it churning i guess creating evil inside of a person and so you as you come to learn this plot you learn that more and more of them know about these experiments and that they had actually conducted the experiments on each other which means that they must know or a couple of them must know which one came back with that extra y chromosome and uh so yeah you can upon maybe a couple watches you can kind of understand that these guys know that's one of them amongst them is got this evil inside of them and now they can't let it get out to the public basically yeah um, that was another thing that I didn't understand, and I guess, like, I personally wouldn't blackmail somebody who is genetically wanting to murder people. You know, like, that's just, like, a bad plan from day one. Right. <laughs> you'd you'd want to do everything. you want to bake them cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, nice how, how the plot goes now... Once all of the scientists start getting killed off and whatever, you find out that one of these guys has this extra chromosome, and he was um, he broke into the facility to hide it, to get the results so no one would know that he was the one who was with the chromosome. And um, the first guy who was killed um, at the train was trying to blackmail him. Um, to keep it a secret and as with a lot of movies when you have uh, <clears throat> somebody who's killing to hide something or cover something up the more people dig into it the more people they have to kill and um, <clears throat> so that's kind of how um, the story went um, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when um uh, what's his name? Is it Carlo? Yeah, Carlo. He's at the barber shop getting shaved, and the barber's all pissed off shaving him because the reporters are saying that um, the killer could be a barber because he yeah. used a straight razor to slash someone's face or something like that. And he's like panicking and freaking out, and the fucking barber's like fucking shaving him all crazy and getting more pissed. Oh, that was such a good scene. And have, it, you, have you ever gotten shaved like that? No. That's why I never do that. I was so tense watching that, that scene. That was great. I thought, well done. Oh my god. And and that's another one of these moments where it was a good suspenseful scene, but it was really full of dark humor. Yeah. And it worked, you know. Um another scene that's kind of silly is when they're doing the car chase. And the old couple's trying to cross the road. It's like a fucking Marx Brothers movie. Yep. You know? And <laughs> and the two with the two cars finally go by, the old couple's like, you know what, we're not gonna fucking cross the street today. Let's just hang out on this side of the street <laughs> where it's safe. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean you've got the uh the other police guy who's trying to give out recipes to everyone. Uh, he's more concerned with that than solving the crime. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, oh yeah, Gigi the loser. Oh my god. He's the new addition to my soccer team, I've realized. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the guy, the, he can, uh, pick any lock, he can get into anything, but, uh, just his, his mannerisms and the fact that he's, he has, like, this sense of morality about him, even though he's this 
convict. And he has a jaw that's bigger than anyone I've ever seen. Oh, my God. I feel like I have a friend who might resemble him, but I I don't know. Really? Maybe I should say that. Wow. (laughs) Not with the mustache or hair, but just that face, that long face, those big droopy eyes. That's epic, dude, for realsies. Um, Well, there were um, a couple things that... um, I don't know if they were necessarily... Um, like plot holes no not plot holes just like things that I didn't understand okay so the first and foremost is so Arno is talking to Carlo and uh, what's her name Lucy or Laura or Lori the little little girl comes in Lori oh yeah Lori and she's like hey cookie and he's like why do you call him cookie and she's like because cookies are sweet and I like them dipped in chocolate and I'm like that's weird like (laughs) that's a weird thing for someone to say well they're not related so well then then he says yeah I'm alone and she doesn't have parents and um, we're much more than father and daughter and then Carla's like yeah I'm gonna go and then he gets up and he leaves. And that was just like the weirdest, most uncomfortable, awkward moment. And I know it's probably different over there. But that just I'm having deja like vu right now. Really? What are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like we've talked about creepy Italian older men talking to little children. Before <clears throat> the show. Well, the thing that's also weird about it is that you find out that fucking... Um, Stepford wife and her supposed father aren't really father and daughter either and that she's like a whore to him or something like that, right? Yeah, but she doesn't love him and he's very distraught over this. But she just like bangs him, I guess, for fancy clothes that her arms and legs could fly out of? Sure. Do you think that that's weird that like the main character has a relationship like that and then two of the suspects have a relationship like that? Do you think that was intentional? I, I'm i trying to figure out what... Yeah, like that, that was a very puzzling scene, them describing their relationship, because they looked very much like maybe uncle and niece or grandpa and granddaughter until that conversation came up. But even after that, I still had it in... The, maybe I don't know if this was because I was not wanting to believe it or something like that, but sure I just perfect. kept... Yeah, I kept it in my mind that these two were very platonic with each other. They were just, you know, very much they needed one another because neither of them had a family. Um, I didn't see any funny business going on with those two, but perhaps in the future they could have turned out to be another Terzi family, or however you say their last name. I with think the, so. When she got a little bit older, maybe they she would they would have because uh, yeah, she she was calling him Cookie and was you know and i mean i I, just, I don't i don't sleep with anybody that i don't call cookie right you know and especially <laughs> dip them in chocolate yeah like that was like yeah. the weirdest thing to fucking say like yeah it was. cookies are sweet and i like to dip them in chocolate it's yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> it's it's very sweet and innocent <clears throat> just like cookie dipped in chocolate it's not like they're feeding each other fish Oh, fucking stop, dude. That was the grossest thing ever. I still haven't seen anything grosser than that. Ah, freaking butthole face, dude. 
I had to clear out our minds. Yeah. So I bring in the fish. That was a good one. Um, so I'm trying to see here. Uh, another thing that was um, kind of... Did you notice... Um, I can't remember... What was the guy's name who got hit by the train? Let's talk about the train scene, because that's like one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, there's not a whole lot to look into as far as this being like a gory, jolly crime thriller. A lot of it's just strangulations, and I think there's a stabbing. But, yeah, I think, what's his, Dr. Calabrese? Calabrese. That gets, sounds about right. Yeah, that's a nice, gruesome train because like the, the, the slow motion well the, a couple things to notice here is that he walks right up to his killer with a smile on his face yeah so it goes back to that whole thing like well he knows who this is it's got to be somebody yeah did he get the met. note saying to meet him there so yeah kind of knew yeah so but when he first gets pushed in and it's like slow motion hit on the face which is great and then it cuts away and when it cuts back the body's like doing like windmills like being ran over that was fucking awesome like the way the body was just like yeah like under have the you, train oh. have you heard those uh those like subway stories when people get hit by trains in like new york city i saw a faces of death where a guy fell in the thing and yeah. the train was there up against the platform and he was kind of a big dude and he was like stuck there and the train moved and when the train moved it like released the hold it had on him so all of his insides just poured out and he died exactly yeah i was i don't know if you remember the show taxi cab confessions but is that one of those jerk off um, shows on hbo or something i think so yeah but the the taxi driver was talking about how or he was carrying around this policeman uh this uh i don't know if he was a policeman or he just worked on like homicides or something but someone had got pushed in front of a train and the exact same thing happened he just spun around like a windmill as the train was moving and he was caught between the platform and the train but the bottom half of him stayed straight so he kind of so I guess his, around on top his and, spine snapped and just was spinning around yeah. like oh that's nuts but apparently he was perfectly lucid and conscious the whole time they were able to call like his family and get a priest down there and read him his last rites because they knew that as soon as they pulled that train away he was gonna spin back the way he came around and like you said all his insides would spill out so that's one of the, like the more haunting images I ever can remember from watching hbo back in the day thinking about that story and just trying to to toss off that's funny yeah exactly (laughs) this uh this brought me back brought me back to those nightmarish visions of people getting spun around by trains and so that was a very yeah that was a very uh it wasn't just some weird argento trick it was actually something very realistic that happens learned how to do that so he must have seen a couple in his time he must have done his homework. Um, <clears throat> that scene was great, and I also liked. Um, it was really cheesy how he did it, but when the guy yelled, the photographer turned around and had his like camera down at his hip and just like snapped a couple shots real quick. They did that quick little cut to that and shot. Yeah, yeah. And it was so cheesy. It was like like a freaking yeah. gunslinger or something like that. Um, 
That was funny. An old spaghetti western cowboy. Oh. And um, you know what? That makes sense though. Now that you said that. Thank you. Be, no, seriously, because like that's a spaghetti western thing, and uh-huh. Argento worked on a bunch of those before he started making movies anyway. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think he even said that um, in an interview I saw about this film is a lot of it is very spaghetti westernish. There's um, in a lot of spaghetti westerns, especially uh, they have like a blind, wise old man in those, and so he was. That's why he brought this character in and why he made him blind, because he was inspired by those old spaghetti westerns he used to work on, and he wanted to give him this kind of wise old man um, character to kind of lead Carlo along the path and help him out. I wonder if that's why the color of this movie is so, like, washed out, like browns and golds and stuff like that. I know. Yeah, I wrote down the first scene was blue because I was thinking about you, but then it went away from blue rather quickly back into the yeah the kind of the dusty old gold brown yeah western. Like even I'm, I have it on in the background right now, and like even most of the outfits everyone's wearing, they're like not like black suits; they're like brown. But I know that was kind of like a big color too, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking yeah. too much into that. But I will say that Braun the German has amazing hair. He does. Like you could kind of has the Donald Trump comb over before that was a. But thing. it's like it does waves. Like I want to take like a fingerboard, like a little skateboard or a Hot Wheel, and like <laughs> ride it on his head. Vroom. It's crazy. Like I don't know how you do your hair like that, because that can't be something that he just wakes up and it looks like that. Well, is that like a maybe. curling iron deal or something? Could be, could be like a yeah, some kind of weird perm that you can get, or I don't know. It seems like it. He has like he, he doesn't have to do much, and it just looks like that. But yeah, I don't know. Every hair natural. in this movie looks like a fucking wig, so I don't. Yeah. I, I can't make anything out. Even Ken Doll. Yeah, yeah, dude. So that's kind of weird. Um, the chick who was with Calabrese. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think... uh, Rocket or whatever. Is that Bianca? Yes. Okay, did you see the wallpaper in her apartment? Yes, I finally wrote down a wallpaper note. Dude, (laughs) I've seen this movie a bunch now, and I still don't know if I like that wallpaper or not. The jellyfish? It's like white walls with, like, gold paint splatters. And it's yeah, not even a splatter. It's like lazy. someone took a sponge and just squeezed it on the wall, so it just like drips down. Yeah, it's weird, right? Right. Yeah, I thought I was like, "Are those jellyfish? Is that what they're going for?" Jellyfish. Yeah, I it never just seemed very la- thought of that. That's a good point. It seemed very lazy, like you said. They just were like, "Oh, let's." I mean, you've seen some of the the architecture and the different patterns that they have in their wallpapers, and then that's all they do is they push a sponge up on the wall and let it drip a little yeah, bit. Yeah, dude. And then did you notice yeah. that picture frame that had like the weird formula in it? Like 11 over C something? Yes. What was that? Um, It was just a really weird apartment. The, it was. The sets in this movie are really weird and I 
um, because I've been watching other shows um, that actually have, have this in it a lot. Um, I think it's at Car no, not Carlo, Arno's place. Um, there's this gold wallpaper pattern, and that the style of that is called Damask. If anyone's interested, but uh, I think they are. Okay, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of um, Coronation Street and Towie, and um, everyone has wallpaper like that. So I was looking it up, like, what the fuck's it called? Like, how do you go and find out what that wallpaper is if you wanted it? But um, yeah, dude, that gold blotchy wallpaper is just really fucking weird. Yeah, pretty atrocious. I don't know if I can handle living in that. Like waking right. up and seeing that every day, I'd want to like clean something. Exactly. Yeah. Let's try to figure out what eleven over C means. Is that? It was it eleven over C. It was eleven something. Oh. I just saw a bunch of weird shit on it. If it comes up again, I'll write it down. Like an eye chart. No, it wasn't an eye chart. It looked like a formula. <laughs> a formula. Like it was some sort of like equation or something like that. Maybe it was the formula from our last film, Five Dolls, that they were trying to hide. Oh, for the the um, industrial the resin. resin. Yeah. It could That's be, because yeah. all of these movies are intertwined. Apparently, um, th- there there was a lot of like weird foamy spit and stuff in this movie, and I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I don't enjoy With that. Foamy spit. Well, like when that when Bianca gets killed, <clears throat> she's like, her head's getting pounded into the carpet, and yeah. like her, she has like this pink foam coming out of her mouth, which is disgusting. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and then when um the killer is running around on the roof, he's like dripping blood out of his mouth. It's like pouring out. I just yeah, I just don't want to see. I don't like seeing things go into people's mouths and drip off of their faces and stuff unless it's one of those kinds of films. But when it's a okay. normal movie, I don't want to see that shit. You're not a, a blood gore or you're not a mouth gore I just, fan. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes me sick. It's just kind of it kind of lent a sense of realizing I actually kind of liked it when when she was kind of foaming the blood other instead of that like bright viscous red blood coming out of her seeing like the foam was like oh my well gosh, i think I it like was a lot of her snuff film. i think it was a lot of her lipstick because if you notice there was already a red mark on the carpet before her face yeah. hit the ground yep. so it was probably like okay take three try not to fucking touch the ground yet until i say so yeah. kind of thing but it might have just been like some nasty ass lipstick mixed with her foamy ass spit good point oh i'm gonna fucking puke now that was so gross well, before um, you puke, then uh, what do you do? You want to talk about the milk? Yes. Good call. <laughs> Apparently, <Really>? in Italy. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength with this one. So you're gonna bring a, I guess, borderline beautiful woman to your house. Maybe take off the wig first, but and you're gonna you're gonna share a nice glass of milk with her. <laughs> After you take her to pound town. Yep. Well, you, uh... the thing that's different for, uh, I think, people here is that in America, um, we don't have milk 
I mean, the milk can be delivered, but it's really rare. And when it is delivered, or even when you go buy it, it's not in little paper pouches. Yeah, this this must have been some kind of weird soy milk or something. No, I think that's just how it, they have the packaged milk there. Because I remember someone went somewhere, someone I know went on a trip somewhere, and all the milk they got too, they were in like bags. Like yeah. you go to the store and you buy a bag of milk. Was it actual cow milk or was it I don't know. from another source? It was uh, milk, milk enough for them to think that they could buy it and call yeah. it milk. But um, So that was kind of strange. And, yeah. um, but the whole thing, the thing that I thought was like weird about it was that besides him being a fucking total slob about it, was... Um, like, there's this scene where she takes her shirt off and he takes his shirt off, which is the crappiest, weirdest foreplay scene I've ever heard. She's like, I wanted to know what kind of line you would use to have sex with me. And he's like, I'm not going to use a line. And he just starts unbuttoning his shirt and she's like, okay, I'll unvelcro my stripper outfit. <laughs> Didn't he kind of use a little bit, little bit of a line before that? It, it sounded like a line, but then he no. said, I'm not using a line. 780 people are making love at this very second. <laughs> Did you know that creep? Right now. I think it's even more if you. As we're talking. Well, you, maybe now, yeah. If you add in um, self pleasure. Oh, good point. Yeah. But are they doing it on comfortable couches? With that fancy blanket? I don't know, but like when he lays down on top of her, there's the two jugs of milk that are like covering her her uh, fun bits uh-huh. and dripping milk and it was almost like it, it it was trying to be like a sexual thing like ooh these two bags of milk are like bags of flesh milk well yeah like you said they had to make up for the uh, the lack in size of the of her flesh milk <laughs> oh my god that's funny but um so yeah do I like women of all you know, handfuls good enough for me, right? Handfuls, less than that, more than that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Women, all shapes and sizes, bring them on. Except I'm happily married, so don't bring them on. <laughs> she could be listening. <laughs> oh my god. So the the poisoning angle with this. What did you think about that? It was kind of ingenious, I guess, one way to get at him. Because, yeah, as we learned, the killer finds out that they're tailing him. So, of course, what, the only thing he can do is take him out, which, uh, you know, he's he hasn't had too much trouble strangling people up to this point. But with uh, old Carlo, he's going to try to do something a little more sneaky and put a little poison in a syringe. But then, yeah, he just, like you say, he's kind of a slob with it. He, he notices it's leaking. He even wipes off some of the leaky milk from a banister but uh he's still gonna serve it and this is why they sit, tell you on the label don't open you know leaky cartons or unopened cartons or open cartons yeah yeah because it could have been tampered with but i guess this is before that whole tylenol scare of the 80s so people still opened un or you know tampered with things so um plus like, of... i would have put my milk in the fridge call, right. call me That's a purist I'm... but i don't like drinking warm milk 
That's why I'm wondering what kind of milk this is. Because he just, yeah, sets it down and walks away from it and lets it drip all over his tables. And then he's, like, pouring the glasses and spilling all over the fucking place. <laughs> he doesn't care. He just got laid. Probably, I'm going to assume it was a bad lay. Because she doesn't look like she's into pleasuring that much. Um, he's angrily pouring his milk. Yeah, dude. Just that that whole thing was weird. But like, I think he was totally in the right for accusing her later. Yeah, with how yeah. fucking slow she was drinking that milk. I mean, she can't yeah, straight she up say, "I'm just a bad actress, and it took me a long time to get the milk to my mouth." <laughs> Or maybe she just thought it was super weird that he gave her a glass of milk after sex, but I don't know. Yeah, that was a big glass of milk. That's like a meal right there. Uh-huh. You know? Exactly. It's a lot of calories. I guess they burnt probably burned a lot, but Well he might have. I think like she's said. I think she's more of a she just kinda lays there and wait for you to get off the horse. Uh-huh. You know? That's true. That's her person. <laughs> I think so, 100%. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's kind of you know it's kind of fun. The I like the fun coincidences that happen in these kind of movies when uh, it's going to the lips. There's that moment of tension, and then he gets the phone call from Arno, and he's telling him he was gassed and almost killed. And so they, which might have been a better scene. I'm not gonna lie. Right. See an old blind man try to fumble to turn his damn stove off, or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, that's some good stuff. She was just a really weird character, and it's just like I don't know, dude. Like it was just weird on every level. Like yeah, I think they were trying a little too hard to make her a suspect. That they kind of just turn people off to her, her character I mean did you know who did it when you watched it because this was your no. first watch of it right this is my first watch and I ruled out I ruled her out and I ruled out Braun because he was just you know another too obvious one he was just a fun loving gay German guy who liked to hang out with the transsexuals so it wasn't going to be him a... yeah but, but yeah, I knew it'd probably be one of the doctors, one of the ones we saw for like two minutes. I kind of thought when they showed the guy talking about the chromosomes, the one who ended up being spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, see, I can't even remember his name. That's how it starts with a C. But that's the other thing that sucks. Everyone's name yeah. either rhymes or starts with a C. Yeah. And, Carlo Calabrese. Um. Yeah. The one thing though about that scene is that he says when when uh, Carlo asks him if he knows who did it, he's like, "I have my suspicions, but I'm not stupid enough to open my mouth and get killed." Then yeah. it goes to the next guy, and he's like, "I don't know anything about it. I'm busy. You need to leave." And so yeah. it like puts way more suspicion on that dude. But yeah. to be fair, when they revealed who the killer was, the first actually two times I saw this movie, I had forgotten completely who the fuck that was. Yeah, and that happens too often, I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes in Jello films. And I don't know if that's a result of just trying too hard to fool people. I think they were going to show this guy yeah, for like 10 seconds within the first 15 minutes of the film, and then he's going to come back, but... 
maybe if I watch this again, I'll pay more attention to his character. The very short time that they show I him. I think but... he's only in like two scenes. Right, that first initial meeting, and then they'll whenever he talks to them. Yeah. In the in the room for like a minute. Yeah. And yeah, it was just. Yeah, the reveal was just kind of ho hum. Like, okay, I guess he's the killer. What well. What did you think of the cemetery scene? Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't want to not talk about that before we stopped, but kind of more comedy in it. Um, him getting locked in there, but also at the same time, a little bit of, you know, for people who are maybe claustrophobic or have had that feeling of, you know, not being able to escape. You always want to have that escape route, no matter where you are, and that has to be one of the more um, panicking feelings that you can have is getting locked in something like that. Especially after fucking opening a casket and Ugh. rifling a body, you know, right. like holy shit. Now it's did- kind of interesting to see, like, what Argento uh, envisions as like a crypt, and what maybe like Mario Bava would have done with that. Oh, dude, if it was a Mario Bava movie, it would have been, like, full of cobwebs and weird statues and fucking Barbara Steele would come out looking all fucking crazy. That body would have looked more like the body in Black Sabbath. Oh, my God. All shrunken. Now, did you think Arno... Did you think there was going to be a twist where the blind guy was the one who was doing this the whole time? I actually, admittedly, even though this is our 17th show, I did on that for a brief moment and I thought it would have been maybe clever he would have explained his motive and all that stuff but I, I was like and then once they revealed the actual killer I kind of wanted to go back and have it be Arno I think the reason why <laughs> I think the reason why is because this movie's kind of long it's almost two hours it is, and yeah. it kind of shouldn't be that long I don't think but at the same time, when you see the shoddy character development of the sub-characters, you almost think it needs another hour to just explain who all the, these fucking people are. You yeah. know, because, like, you even have um, the killer guy husband from Bird with the Crystal Plumage in as a jilted lover of... Uh, Bronze new boyfriend. Oh, that's right. That's who. That, you yeah. know, and he's like, yeah. "I'm giving you this information because I want him back, or else I'm going to kill myself." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, later. I'm not going to be in the movie anymore. Peace." And yeah. it's like, yeah, I want to know more about that. You have all these characters just coming and going, you know, and yeah. it's, it's there's a lot, and it sucks because I think all the characters have really good motives and really good like red herring possibilities you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah like when they stab the the killer with his little cane and then they go to the girl's house and she's bleeding oh and then he just fucking tears into her and she's like listen here fuck and she's like yeah (laughs) and then like i thought for sure that they were gonna try to say that her dad was the killer yeah. And then they never even went down that road. And I think he probably had motive up the ass. It was his company. Yeah. You know? And now this guy's trying a lot to... lot more about him. Yeah, after, like, reading his journal. Yeah. 
I thought he'd be a lot more involved after that, and he just totally disappeared. It's like, oh, he was a creep. Okay, I guess moving on. Yeah, his only crime is being horny. Right. So his daughter. Yeah. Um, I would have actually really enjoyed partaking in the insult contest personally. I think I could do better than the Jinx or whatever his name is. Which one? <laughs> you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, what's his name? The Giallo, the Jinx, or GG Jinx? Yeah. GG the loser? Well, in my thing, it says it's GG the Jinx. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, when they first show him, he's having an insult contest with a priest. Ah, that's right. Yep. And then there was like all those people gathered around. People were betting on it. And I'm like, dude, I know all sorts of fucked up words I could call people. How come yeah. I didn't know these things existed? They do. They're called who mom or your mama contest. <laughs> your mama. <laughs> oh, that's. There awesome. was a TV show for a while. Oh my god, there was a TV show called Your Mama or Yo Mama. The guy huh. from that '70s show. <laughs> Why do I know that? Oh my oh. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Rabbit trail. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Um, the As far as comparing this to other Argento movies, I like the fact that instead of it being a guy who can't remember what he saw, it was a blind guy who couldn't fucking see anything. Yeah. You Even though you saying? kind of... Yeah. Kind of could be like uh, that could be argued in some points, but yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be blind. Yeah. So I guess they kind of explained it away when they said that he, you know, he wasn't always blind. He kind of went blind later in life, so I guess I could see why he would know certain things of like what a picture looks like. And that was another thing that irritated me a little bit. Like, don't you think the photographer seeing someone falling onto a train tracks would have looked in the picture to see if anyone pushed him? Because uh-huh. the way he was falling did not look like, oh, I slipped on a banana peel. Here Especially I go. Especially when those tracks were level with the ground and not, like, you know, sunken in like a subway. Yeah. That was a, that was a bit weird for me. But I did like yeah. the scene where the killer comes into the dark room and kills the guy. I thought yeah. that was pretty nice. All the All the death scenes in this movie were pretty good. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting scene because, you know, it wasn't like a typical dark room. It was like this very bright yellow room. Yeah. And he's just getting, yeah, I like that. I like the death scene in there. What did you think of the rooftop chase? You know, that I was going to bring this up when you were talking about, you know, how long this movie is and so much stuff happens at the end of this film that, yeah, you wish... You could know more about what happened um, afterwards or, you know, kind of draw this chase on a little longer. Um, not like, what, the fifth chord or whatever it was. Or the, was it the movie where they, like, went up and down the stairs? Was that the Black Belly of the Tarantula? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah, they do it like fifth chord, too. He chases yeah. the dude into, like, the abandoned factory. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have to be like that, but... Yeah, I just feel like they jammed a lot of stuff in there, and then they had Arno confronting him, and uh, the killer lying to him about, or I guess maybe we don't know if he was lying about what happened to the to little Lori, but 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The chase was cool, but the yeah, the falling down the elevator shaft was was awesome. I thought. Well, here's the thing: like when they're looking for the girl, they get to the building and they see how many doors they have to go into and look. They're yeah. like fucking hell. So when they start their checking out, they just open doors and look in and shut the door. And I'm oh, like, yeah, is yeah. that really as good as you're going to do? <laughs> like, trying to figure this out. And then the one room that they happen to sit in for a little bit, the blood drips on um, Carlo's shirt. And that's how all that shit happens. And that's all good. And then when he's, he goes up on the roof and chases him, when he swings that two-by-four or whatever at him and hits him in the face, uh-huh. that is seriously one of the best like running around a corner and getting hit in the face shots I've ever seen because every yeah. time I see that movie I jump when he gets hit and I go Dew! and I like yell because it's just like fuck man he just got fucking hit and he just is down but like that was such a well done because movies do that all the time and most of the time it's such crap but, slapstick oh it just or it just doesn't look good it looks like yeah but man that looks like he got fucking whacked in the fucking face dude and it's so it doesn't look like a wwe chair shot not at all he didn't put his hand in front of his face or nothing <laughs> it was like randy orton getting hit on top of the head with a ladder Ooh, 16 stitches or whatever yeah yeah. But um, but yeah, dude. Like that was really good. The whole chase scene on the roof was really neat. It could have been longer. And like the whole thing, like when he comes in to kill um, Lori, and then Homeboy jumps in front of the blade. Like yep. we never know what happens to him after that. He could be dead. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because like, he just like faints. He's like, that's it. And the yeah. thing that confuses me is how the hell did blind guy get on the fucking roof? Like, where did he come from? And how was he walking around a roof and not falling off of it? Because he's not really blind. Oh, is that what you're going to think? Oh, no. I I just think... Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, maybe. Really. Hey, you never know. they've it's got heightened senses. They, they, they can tell when they're coming to the edge of a roof or not. By smelling it? Sure. They can feel the gusts of air more. Oh, I think you're through the wind tunnels. Oh, now you're just making stuff up. But yeah. Close your so. eyes and go walk on top of a building. Dude, I can't even close my eyes and walk across my living room without thinking I want to fucking eat shit. But um, but so you like the falling down the elevator shaft? Do you think that would have killed him? Because I know Chris loves that because like that's like the perfect way to die in a shallow movie. But I don't know if he's dead. Well, because like, I mean, they, what was it five flights, maybe ten, five or six yeah. flights of stairs, maybe? Stories. They make it seem like a really messy fall, though. Like he hit the ugly branch on the way down a couple times, and, and burned, burned his hands, hands all up. Yeah, and just took a nice clunker on the head. Have you seen the Arrow DVD cover for this movie? Uh, I think I... You know how Arrow has, like, they get the artists to make, like, artwork? The artwork for this is the dude falling down the elevator shaft holding onto the cables. That's what you guys are talking about. And it's just like, wow, like, that's the end of the movie. Like... Yeah. Watch this movie to see this part with real people. Yeah. You know? 
It's yeah. kind of neat. Um, but yeah, there was just a lot. Of, like, the, I mean, this whole bit with like the jinx or the loser or whatever, and the breaking yeah. in. At the end of the day, that doesn't even need to be in the movie. I know that this is a longer cut than what was originally released because it was originally le- released at ninety minutes. So I'm really curious right. as to what would have been taken out because seriously like it probably would have played a lot fucking better but at the same time i probably wouldn't know who the fuck anybody was yeah maybe like bronze love story that whole thing um i just don't know what you would cut maybe the milk yeah maybe cut her taking off her shirt spare us that whole scene spare us that whole scene yeah, it's it's really sad that I mean, a lot of films I feel like from this period end this way where the guy falls down the elevator shaft, roll credits. It's like, what happened to Carlo? What happened to? Well, in the oh, cut Lord. I have, I don't know if your cut does this, but in the cut I have, when right before the credits, like he falls down the shaft, and then there's just a shot looking down the shaft, and then you hear, Cookie, and it's like, oh, she I, I, I guess is out and running around and she's okay maybe she's coming to say hey your friend's fucking dead and bleeding all over the fucking place and there's rats eating him you know because like that guy took a digger and again like he had nothing to gain from any of this except maybe a story yeah yeah and i think i said yeah yeah i said that beginning it's just like more being nosy than anything both of these detectives but I feel like out of the three films, this is a much more standard whodunit, yeah. you know, than Bird or Four Flies. Yeah. So do you want to, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie in particular before we move into the actual animal stuff? Wait, you said you had like some info, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, some of it has to do with that that animal trilogy. Um, oh, well, we'll just so for, open up the floor now. Okay, yeah, so I guess for people, for some reason, if you don't know the animal trilogy, um, it's not really a trilogy, I guess, really. It's just three movies that have animals in the name, and we kind of did it out of order, but I think it went uh, Bird with Crystal Plumage, this movie, and then Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Um, but yeah, it was apparently something that he always wanted to do. He always wanted to do a trilogy with the animal names in it. And then Dario Argento being who he is got all butthurt about it when other people started putting animal names in their movies. So he, um, you know, kind of begrudgingly did the last films and then stopped doing it all together. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people say that, uh, this is at least, uh, this is, maybe their least favorite of the animal trilogy and Argento's come out and said it himself that this is his least favorite. And I guess the, the reason why is because bird with the crystal plumage was such a huge success for him internationally as well, that, uh, he felt like he was almost forced to follow that same formula with this film. Uh, even though it wasn't warranted or it didn't, you know, fit naturally with that. Um, and so, it just came out not how he wanted it to, and he's 
actually come out and said that yeah this is the his least favorite of the films that he did which is kind of weird what a prick yeah i know i have something to say about this and i don't know what it's just that bird with the crystal plumage came out in 1970 and then cat and nine tails and four flies both came out in 71 cat came out in like february and four flies came out in december now for him to in the a matter of like two months or whatever get so bent out of shape about something when i've from like like i mean just like what uh justin was saying on his show that when bird came out it wasn't really a hit right away it didn't become a hit until it was a hit overseas and then they re-released it here and um then it became a hit because i heard i was reading today some stuff and i read that cat and nine tails wasn't supposed to be called cat and nine tails until after they started the producers started seeing the international returns for bird and tried to put an animal name on it at the last minute to try to cash in on that whole thing. So it's just, it's weird because like in retrospect, looking back, Argento's going to say whatever the fuck Argento wants to say and everyone's going to do that, you know, but it's just like when you actually think about how much time actually went by, because I remember hearing that like after he did four flies, he didn't want to do Jalo films anymore because he was like being known as the guy who just did that. And he wanted to do more stuff. It, it had only been a year, you know, like what, yeah. what the hell could he have been so bent out of shape about in a year? You know, I, yeah. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like, well, like we were saying, he had worked on a lot of spaghetti Westerns and he kind of, walked into bird with the crystal plumage not really knowing what it was going to come out to be like and uh just all the stuff that he did in it and why it's considered such an influential and um cornerstone film in this movement is because he did so many new things experimentally i don't know what you want to call it but i think it's kind of interesting looks the best because the cinematographer on it was amazing yeah that's that's a definite plus. I don't know if I don't think he had the same one for this one. Um, I don't think he did. But yeah, it's in this interview I watched it looked more recent, so you you might have a point about him making it up. But yeah, he he apparently said that he wanted to do an animal trilogy, not necessarily meaning that they all had to tie together as a story, but uh, he wanted those names. Um, but from what I heard, he was actually talking with the writer of this film. Dargana Saketi, I think is his name. And uh, they had come up with this treatment because they had actually read about this XX or this XYY chromosome in Scientific American magazine, so it's not totally made up. Um, it, it was eventually proven to be a hoax, but back when they read it in the magazine, it was real, and they told Argento about it, and he disappeared for like a couple days or something like that, and wrote like a 40 page treatment for it. But then, yeah then he had to all of a sudden start forcing in all these different things that he did with bird with the crystal plumage and it um i guess he came out and just said that it wasn't natural it didn't feel right and that's why he doesn't like this film anymore because i was thinking when i was watching it that it looked like he was having more fun just yeah. like the lighthearted stuff in this movie seemed so much more real 
than in Bird or Four Flies that maybe it was just one of those things like he's like dude I fucking just made a movie it might be doing well at this point like I don't know when he found out how well the movie was actually doing yeah. but um, I mean having your dad be like the executive producer of whatever you do um, you don't really need it doesn't matter if your movie's a hit or not because your daddy's gonna pay for your movie to get made anyway <laughs> you know yeah but um, yeah See, now I'm having deja vu again, because didn't we talk about how Bava hated $5 for an August Moon, even though it felt like he put a lot of effort and love into it? Yeah! <laughs> I think these guys are just a bunch of fucking liars. <laughs> trying to sell a movie. They're trying to sell a Blu-ray. So what else was on that um, documentary thing you saw? Um, just, yeah, the, the inspiration for this story coming from that magazine. Um... Argento kind of talking about his relationship. Oh yeah, the uh, the scene that we were talking about at the end when he was when the the guy was falling down the elevator shaft and he reached for the ropes and uh, smoke started to come out. Apparently, this is kind of just a little fun thing I wrote down. It's not really like a production note or anything, but they had put little sparklers in his sleeves and uh, little fans beneath it so that when he was going down, the sparklers went off and started shooting off the smoke and then the fans would blow the smoke out of his sleeves. So just the... What the fuck? I mean, he said that this is before special effects, but that seems like even more primitive than what they were doing in the silent era. I don't know. Yeah, that's before special effects. Yeah, I've never seen Frankenstein or anything like that. Right. (laughs) No, I, I understand. The sleeves. I get it. it. Must not have been part of a union. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I like that. Yeah. So. Well, that's... because the way the I'm trying to think how that would work, because the set was probably moving and the actor was still, mm-hmm. because the camera wasn't like shaky or anything like that. Yeah. So they were probably pulling the ropes and the background up while yeah. his hands were just up so having the fan and the sparklers that makes sense yeah and he was just he was just very lightly grabbing the ropes he wasn't you know obviously doing it tight were those and, his uh, hands or was that really the actor oh I guess it could have been anyone's hands but they made it sound like it was the actor and uh, I guess the elevator shaft was only like five feet tall but because of the way they angled the walls and the way that they framed it and used the camera they made it seem it looks like it goes on forever know, Yep, it's awesome. That was pretty cool too. I thought. So that it was a very short interview, but that's pretty much what I pulled from it. So, um, as far as the animal trilogy goes, um, what are your thoughts about it? I think pretty in line with I guess what a lot of people might think. Um, Bird with crystal plumage. You kind of made me come around on that one and see see a lot of things with that one um, that I'd have to go watch again. But yeah, this one is a lot more fun and a lot more charming. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. But I think that I do enjoy Four Flies on Grey Velvet a lot more than most people. Um, there's something about that one that's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you got to come up with something on that one, dude. <laughs> it's just like it's like a mixture of these first two and just like 
going balls to the wall just all out with that one and um yeah like you could tell he was just done with it and he was he wanted to move on from this and there's something about it that i like for some reason well i, I read this one little article talking about it and i agree with what the guy said it was he said that it was almost like these were done in a weird order where bird with a crystal plumage was kind of like a murder mystery with surreal elements Whereas Cat of Nine Tails is a murder mystery, and Four Flies is just like a weird experimental surreal thing, and yeah. it seems like if you judge how someone grows as they work, Bird with a Crystal Plumage should have been the last film to cap this off, you know, yeah. not the one that started it, you know. Um, and I, I agree with that. Like, I don't know what it is about Four Flies. Like, I mean, all three movies have American TV actors as the leads. Um, all three um, have animals in the title. All three have, um, like, the main character trying to figure something out like having a hard time putting the pieces together you know um it's (sighs) one of the things that i think for me is the strangest into how argento works i guess besides the gore because it seems like the movies get gorier that's the one progression that seems to make sense Yes. Um, if you go chronologically with him. But um, the way he depicts homosexuality in these three movies is really weird. I think. Because in in uh, Bird it's the homosexuals come across, across as like tricksters. You know, like, I'm really a man, but I'm a transvestite and I'm a prostitute or something like that. You know, like, I'm I'm a trickster. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to pull one over on you. Deceptive, yeah. Deceptive, yeah. And then in this one, not only is there, like, one or two, but they go to, like, a bar where there's a bunch of deceptive women who are really men. You know, and uh-huh. the the gay, the main gay character in this is a um, someone from a different land who might be hiding something, and it's just like this weird bit. And then you have the guy coming in saying, "He stole my man, and if you don't get him back for me, I'm going to kill myself." So the the homosexual characters in this movie aren't. They have issues that the other characters don't seem to have, you know, that are a little more layered. Yeah. And almost like kind of deeper. Whereas I think in Four Flies, he comes across with just a happy-go-lucky gay guy, like the private Mm -hmm. investigator. He's like, hi, come on in, you know, and like that whole thing. And so by that one, it was like it seems like 
this is okay. You know, it was almost like a thing where I felt like he was, like, exploring and trying to figure out how he felt with gay people or something like that. Uh, I don't really yeah. know. Because I know that some people say it was just for shock value. But if you look at the progression, it looked like he was trying to figure it out himself. And so Four Flies makes it seem like everything is kind of okay. And then you have the god character who is a trashy, just good old buddy. You know, not like how people expect God to be. And I know it's not really God, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but then when you get to Deep Red, he goes back to the whole homosexuals have something to hide. They're deceptive. You don't know if they're really men or women or what they're trying to prove or all that shit. And so I don't understand that. So that's yeah, it's, that's a problem. And I know Deep Red's not a part of the Animal Trilogy, but it's technically the next Jally he did. So I that's just a weird thing for me right there. Yeah, he always kind of keeps them at arm's length. Um, yeah, I don't know if the gay community was still kind of, I'm sure it was still very much segregated at that time. So people always kind of looked at him with a, different lens you know they're kind of well i also don't whole know lifestyle how was foreign to them i don't know how homosexuality was accepted in the early 70s in italy yeah like i have no idea how that works over there you know I'm sure it seems like they're in a lot more films from italy around this time than they are in american or any other uh, European film. Because the thing that's weird is, if you look at this, if, and if we're just using these as an example, in Italy, they're hiding something, and they're deceptive. In America, for, I mean, I think it wasn't until maybe like five years ago, the first, I'm trying to remember what it was, but like, most gay characters in film and movie, or film and TV in America, are like the slapstick comedy like the comic relief yeah. like I'm gay they'd never be here a main character funny. yeah you know yeah. it's always like I'm here to do something stupid so you could laugh at me you know yeah. and um so that's like a, a big that's a that's a very big difference in the cultures but um and I mean, that it could be a huge generalization um so apologies <laughs> if I'm like overstepping here, but I'm just trying to put it together and thinking out loud. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, the only thing I really see go through all of his movies that doesn't change is the fact that all of his sets seem like they're just cleanly swept at all times. That's about it. You know what else? People never have a hard time trying to find a place to park. That pisses right. me off, dude. If this was real life... Italy. Like, you would have to park, like, five blocks away from something and be all pissed off by the time you get to wherever it is you're going and be yeah. in a fucking bad mood and shit. But in these movies, you could pull right up, and there's always a spot right in front of the building, and you could just walk right up to it. That's bullshit. And there's nobody in the streets. There's nobody in the windows. There's no lights on. It's just desolate. Especially in Deep Red. But that's not what oh, yeah. movie we're talking about right now. Right. So, um, yeah, but, um, no, that's a really good point though. This, yeah. like his movies are really 
clean. Like even Godfrey's cabin and four flies didn't really seem that bad of a place. No, I'd hang out there. <laughs> kind of do already. My house. That's funny. But yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's other things to talk about. I'm sure Chris will have stuff to talk about about it. We we're gonna continue this conversation to an extent next week or next episode yeah. because Chris really floor. Chris really wanted to talk about this a bit. So if you have anything, oh wait, what was that? <clears throat> That's disgusting, Eric. I can't believe you. Um, so if anyone has anything that they would like to share. I would love for you guys to write an email or something and we could read it on the next episode or something. Um, you could just send it to creepersent at gmail.com um, or you could ask a question in the Jello Chow Chow group on Facebook um, and tell us what you think of the Animal Trilogy. And I mean, personally, I think Four Flies is by far the weakest movie out of the three. It has a really good kind of strong opening and then kind of meanders and meanders and meanders okay yeah but we all know what you think about it you don't have to (laughs) get another jab in there (laughs) but um but no i really like this cat and nine tails movie i really do and i i mean going back i i still think bird with the crystal plumage is probably the best out of the three just because it is so different and the things about it that I've hated about it, the more I constantly talk about that movie, I'm finding them kind of endearing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So, it's dark in here. I can't see anything. Um, the sun has gone yeah. down since we started talking. Um, I hope Chris is enjoying his milk wherever he is. Yeah, his warm milk because his power's out. Right. His leche. Uh, macchiato. Yeah. Oh, dude, if I had a fucking macchiato right now, I'd be on like Donkey Kong, dude. I'm fucking dying for some fucking coffee, dude. Well, leche um, is Spanish. I mean latte. Latte. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Leche. Whatever. Oh, one thing I wanted to say. You know when she gets slapped across the face and thrown in the back of the car? Yes, I do she doesn't there's no hand that even comes across the screen and it's just her moving with a slap sound i thought that was really really effective it was yeah like i the first time i saw it, i didn't realize that no one had slapped her yeah because on one hand they don't want to obviously show child abuse yeah and they, uh, it's still like, oh. It's just like that whole thing, like where people assume, like, uh, I think it's Itchy the Killer. Um, the nipples across the table with the razor blade. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That, like, yep. it never shows it happen, but like, but you, you can think, feel it. You think you saw it happen. Uh huh. You know? Yep. Oh, hell. But yeah, so sorry about talking about Itchy the Killer, everybody, on the Jello show. Well, um,. <laughs> I guess that's it. Um, I guess right now we would play the trailer for next week's feature. Um, Your vice is a locked room and only I have a key. Also known as, is it gently she dies? Yes. Yes. Was there anything else you wanted to add? I'm not trying to cut you off or anything. I'm just, I. Oh, for Catanine? For anything. Yeah. For anything. 
nope. Um, I did really enjoy this film. I don't know if we're going to do another like top 10 of the most recent films, but this one's, uh. yeah, this one, this one will probably be in a good spot. Um, yeah, the, a lot of, a lot of good things, good vibes with this film, but, um, I'm, I'm excited to get back into vices and locked rooms and keys. Ooh, anything you could stick in something with Edwidge in it. Yes. Yikes. And I guess we'll do that top three of her fancy outfits. Yeah, I need to do more studying. So that's probably good that this happened. Yeah, see, you can't just look at the pictures of her with no clothes on. Because you're trying to find the outfits that look good on her. I tried that. (laughs) didn't work. (laughs) Strip nude for your killer, Edward. Okay. Uh, That's good. We're right on. Well, okay, cool. Well, um, then that's the show. And um, we'll see you next time. So ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Daughter, daughter, lift your head. What color are your eyes? Daughter, daughter, look ahead. Don't let them tell you lies. Be yourself. Prove yourself. Help yourself. Free yourself. Know yourself. Show yourself, help yourself, be yourself, darker, darker, please yourself. Daughter, daughter, lift your eyes, what color are your dreams? Daughter, daughter, clothes hide the tools of the world, naked we are all equal. simple for this generation to come on like it's something because when you get right down to it.